You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident analyst, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning, despite the fact that Tuesday is the worst. And we got unexpectedly, I don't know, a foot of snow, which, let's be honest, it's a foot of slush, which is probably frozen right now. But I couldn't be happier, because I don't know about any of that. As far as I know, it's 73 degrees and sunny. I'm not even sure if I have to go to work today. I'll have to check. All I know is that I'm sitting in the basement talking football with a giant cup of cold coffee. <laughs> Smile through the pain. <laughs> Anyways, what's on the agenda today? I want to do a little bit of news and notes around the league. Just some interesting little tidbits that are going on. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. There's a couple different uh, questions, a lot of cap questions. I had a... Uh, Instagram question about whether or not it's it's uh, smart to pay Kenny Clark $18 million a year. Questions about whether we should really be talking about paying um, a lot of money for a number two wide receiver. Is that really a thing? Kind of talked about that already, but we'll, we'll brush past it again. And then there is something going around Twitter and Facebook. Richard posted it in the Facebook group, um, kind of laying out the issues with the Green Bay Packers salary cap saying basically there's no money left. And this is basically what people have been saying since last year. I've already talked pretty extensively about it. Um, the biggest problem I have is it looks like spot tracking over the cap. They're constantly doing adjustments, and we don't really know what the salary cap is going to be. But I could swear we had more than $21 million at some point. This says 23, which is over the caps numbers. Spot track's closer to 21. Again, we don't know what the uh, the actual cap is going to be, so it could be anywhere in that range. But I could have swore it was higher. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe I, I don't know. But uh, kind of look at these numbers a little bit. Granted, any way you slice it, 23 million isn't a ton, but the numbers are just wrong. And I don't want to go through all of them because I've already done this a couple times, but I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. It starts off with a sobering view at the Packers' salary cap. And, um, again, it's not a lot of money. So I'm acknowledging we can't go out and do anything and everything that we want, but we do have money, and, again, just the numbers are just wrong. So I just want to talk at least about the specific numbers they're putting here. And then um, one other thing. What up, alarm clock, that I'd like to possibly talk about? And I, I never really know how many things. There, there's a list of things, and I'm just kind of stopping at a certain point. But Steve in the group... I don't know if he was joking or being serious, but uh, he made a point about maybe you should talk about draft, you know, people that we're going to draft that nobody is expecting. In other words, who's the guy we're actually going to draft that's going to disappoint us all? I actually don't think that's a bad idea. Not that I necessarily need to specifically talk about prospects, although we can. But if there's one thing that we should all know by now about the Green Bay Packers is that they never draft who we expect. Ever, ever, ever. The only time I remember ever drafting who the who we would expect and I'm sure if you go back far enough there's been plenty of examples but since I've been paying close attention was haha Clinton Dix that's it I mean when haha was we we had the worst safety group in the history of the universe 
Haha Clinton Dix was considered the best safety clearly in the draft, and then a bunch of stuff started brewing up and talks about maybe he's not that good. Maybe there's somebody that's better. Maybe there's two guys that's better. At one point, there was maybe even three guys. It was just weird. And then Haha, it, it was he was never supposed to fall to the Packers. It was, yeah, there's just one guy that's good he's never going to make. Then all the draft chatter started, and then I think one guy gets taken first. He was the heavy hitter. I forget his name. I actually really liked him because he was a violent hitter, but he ended up, I think, hurting a lot of people and hurting himself because he was just nuts. The Jets took him. But anyways, HaHa was there, and the Packers come up to the podium, and I'm sitting there like, so it's HaHa then? Sure enough, they pulled the trigger. Every other time, though, no. I remember when they took Kenny Clark, there were a bunch of linebackers sitting there, and I'm like, dude, linebacker for sure, for sure. And they took a defensive tackle, and I'm like, what are you doing? Who is that? I don't even know who that is. I mean, I I know, but come on. I thought he was a second-round guy. Why are you doing this to me? Rashawn Gary, same thing. They're trading up. I'm going through the list of people in my head. Like, okay, this guy, this guy, could be this guy. Darnell Savage. I'm like, dude, second-round guy. What what are we doing? Not that, I mean, that wasn't my opinion. That was supposedly the consensus, right? Because I've been doing mock drafts for, for ever. And guess how many times Darnell Savage was in my first-round mock draft? Roughly zero. Now, granted, I went back and watched him and was like, this guy's a freak. How is he not a first-round guy? Turns out people that do mock drafts and stuff don't know what they're talking about, myself included. But the point is, we think we know everything that's going on, and for some teams you kind of do. Sometimes the draft is just boring. I forget what year it was. 2017, 2018, the draft, it was the most boring draft in the world because it almost went identical to how every single mock draft fell. It was so boring. But usually that's not the case, and especially that's not the case when we're talking about the Green Bay Packers. And now when the Packers draft further back, I mean, if they're drafting at, like, top five, you got a pretty good shot at guessing. We kind of maybe had an idea at 12, but last year was kind of a wonky draft. It wasn't as easy to predict. But now we're talking about 30. We There's no way we know what's going on. And more than likely, it's not anyone that we think of, because usually when they're drafting back at 30, they take somebody that we think is a second-round pick, but they really like them. And it's probably not the position that we think is most important, especially when those positions are positions like wide receiver and linebacker. And it's always one of those things where we feel deflated, and then you watch as it used to be guys like Mayock, but whoever on the TV is, is sitting there. And of course, they never want to really disparage a team especially a team like the Packers because they're kind of reputable you know if it's the Browns and they do something dumb they don't really mind saying it but the Packers usually know what they're doing and so rather than calling them dumb they pretend like they knew that this was a really good like oh yeah this guy let me tell you about this guy he's a great guy this guy is just something special when all along they've been saying he's not going till mid to late second round and it's just confusing so you know I guess what I want to ask is a different kind of question. What positions do we know 1,000% they're not taking at 30? Seriously ask that question, because I know if I were to do a mock and, and do this or that or the other, one of the things you always see is that team would never do that. They would never do that. This t- that, that not never. Honestly, though, what position can you 100% rule out for the Green Bay Packers? So that's going to be the question. Shoot, I gotta get uh, gotta get a break in here. I forget there's time constraints on this now. This will be the first time we're ever gonna do a break and then preliminaries. Be right back. Are you currently walking around with chronic pain? I'm not just talking about general discomfort. I'm talking about the kind of stuff that affects your whole life. I know a lot of people listening to this have some type of pain that is preventing them from relaxing, sleeping, working out. Maybe it's been going on for a few weeks now. 
and nothing you're trying is really working. I think it's time for you to check out Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain right now, while at the same time providing long-lasting recovery, you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution called CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax Health. This is a non-prescription triple-action pain relief roll-on that is specifically formulated to block the pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. The best part is that this is 100% natural CBD-powered remedy, and it works its magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to 8 hours, which is way longer than any over-the-counter products. Right now, Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off a full bottle of cryo-free CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. This discount also applies toward any products site-wide. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code OVERTIME. That's O-M-A-X-Health.com and enter code OVERTIME to get 20% off cryo-freeze and site-wide. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So anyways, make sure you get in the Packernet Facebook group. Make sure you like the Packernet Podcast Facebook page. And a special thank you to Dylan for jumping in on Patreon, helping me celebrate that 700th episode. Again, if you'd like to support the show, you can jump in on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. It goes a long way to help me to pay for all the extra little things that I have, premium subscriptions to be able to dive deep into a lot of these different topics. And again, there's going to be a giveaway. I'm assuming we're going to get to 100 people. Probably shouldn't at this point, but I'm still going with that. If we do, one winner is going to be able to design a t-shirt. I will have it designed and I will have it sent to you, and then I'm going to be selling it out of my merch store. So where to begin? Let's look around the NFL a little bit. First of all, several teams have begun their hatcheting process, cutting a lot of different players to, to make some room in their salary cap. The Browns are the latest to do it. We've seen the Washington Redskins do it. And so this is when we start to see things get a little bit interesting. Right? This is where we start to get a little bit more clarity. Um, you might start to see the Green Bay Packers start to cut some players. The first question a lot of Packer fans might have is, do we want any of these guys? They cut a uh, tight end, they cut a guard, they cut a linebacker, they cut a corner for, for fun. Um, the tight end, Demetrius Harris, no, never. The guard, Eric Cush, no, 30 years old, not very good. Linebacker, Ardarius Taylor, no, never. 
cornerback TJ Carey, there's just really not a lot of reason to. He's not terrible. He could come in and maybe play a role somewhere along the line, but at basically 30 years old, there's just no reason. But the, the point is, this is less about, I only bring that up because you can even just see the first comment here is, um, you know, for the Packers, Nagler, what do we do? You know, it's just instantly when you see somebody that is a position of need that is now available, it's like, dude, we got to get him. We got to go get him, man. Why? But the point is, teams are starting to go through this. Teams are starting to get a little bit more of a boost in their salary cap, getting in positions to go out and strike. The amount of phone calls that are being made. I, t- I tell you what, if the, the amount of times I've daydreamed, this is how dumb I am. You know what I would do if I had invisibility? I wouldn't rob a bank. I wouldn't do any of that kind of stuff. I would sneak into Lambo and I would sit in on Brian Gutekunst making phone calls. And I would just sit there with my invisible notepad taking notes for the podcast. Check out their big board. Like, dude, that guy, seriously? Be such a good podcast, man. And I think part of the reason that this is important is because we've also got one of the deadlines that's coming up is February 25th, is that is the day in which teams can start to franchise players. And that's going to answer a lot of questions. Who is an available free agent? Who's going to be sticking? Whatever. We're also less than a month away from the time in which the the Green Bay Packers can start to negotiate with other free agents. Right, March 16th, we can start calling not just teams for trades and everything else. We can start calling other players' agents and be like, look, what's it going to cost? Because on the 18th, which is one month away... It's go time. It's mayhem time. Now, granted, we know there's a bunch of illegal tampering type stuff where, you know, maybe at the NFL scouting combine, you're kind of talking buddy-buddy with some people like, hey, what's up, man? How you been? I don't know if you know, but I'm not allowed to ask you, like, how much if, you know, you're that one guy maybe wants to come to the Green Bay Packers or anything, because I don't even want to know that. Isn't that funny? You have any comment about how funny that is, that, that thing I just said? have any thoughts on that? So it's a little bit of a dead period until then. But the amount of rumors, the amount of shifting, you can just feel the positioning and the tension build as we lead up to that, ultimately that March 18th day. And we're already hearing rumors. So-and-so really wants this guy. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of those people. This team's going to try to get rid of this guy. Granted, almost none of these rumors are going to come with the Green Bay Packers because there's never any rumors about the Green Bay Packers ever because they are the most tight-lipped organization in the history of the universe. We won't hear until actually phone calls are made. That's the only reason. And the only reason that we know about that isn't because anyone in Green Bay is leaking it. It's because the the Giants or whatever are calling Ian Rappaport like, dude, the Packers just called. Never get any rumors about the Packers ever. I guess it's a good thing, but I, you know, I got a job to do here. Give me something. I absolutely love this time of year so much. But anyways, a couple of those rumors going around, and there's a bunch of, you know, there's trades, there's, you know, free agency and all that stuff, but apparently Teddy Bridgewater right now is looking to get $30 million. Not, I like Teddy, but I feel like that's a little silly. I felt bad for how his career, I don't want to say ended because it's not over, but $30 million? It makes me happy, and I really hope he gets it, mostly because I want some team to tie up $30 million in Teddy Bridgewater. And by the way, this isn't just Teddy Bridgewater saying I want $30 million. The report from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler says that there's going to be a very strong market for Teddy Bridgewater, which, by the way, how? We've got 
probably three first-round quarterbacks, and we've got like eight starting quarterbacks in free agency, and this year Teddy's got a strong market, competing with Philip Rivers <laughs> and that, that Patriots fella and Flacco and Dalton. I mean, those those guys aren't great, but I mean, show me Teddy Bridgewater's bona fides. But what again, I don't care. In fact, I hope it's the Bears or the Vikings taken back or the Lions for that matter. I don't care. Just please pay this, somebody close to us, pay this man $30 million a year. And by the way, this is a very real part of free agency. Some teams, and and, and this is true of a lot of Packers, he's only 27, that's kind of crazy. That might be part of it. A lot of Packer fans and fans in general, and some teams go nuts in free agency. The Packers, as we know, are not one of those teams, and that upsets a lot of Packer fans because they want the Packers to go nuts. But this is the kind of stuff some teams do that just completely buries your team. And I'm not trying to pick on Teddy. Maybe he's going to go somewhere and be an awesome quarterback. He's been sitting behind Drew for quite a while. And we know he's a talented guy. For all I know, he's going to get $30 million and be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I, I, point is, though, whenever free agency starts, some crazy stuff like this is going to happen that's going to have us all jaws just hitting the floor. Last year it was how much people were paying for linebackers. $18 million for linebackers? None of them did anything bunch of linebackers got buku bucks and nobody did a single thing keeping it clean for the kitties nobody did anything then of course you got Le'Veon bell who averaged like the lowest yards per carry of anybody except the tampa bay guy free agency is just where everybody overpays for a bunch of guys that don't do anything odell beckham let's give him the moon and he does nothing and so we got to remember as free agency because free agency is similar to the draft that thing where we, we want and expect the Packers to do a thing and then they do something else. Like, oh man, we gotta get an edge rusher. We gotta do something, man. And we're, we're listing all the players, you know, D Ford, Justin Houston. I want a Justin Houston. Justin Houston, by the way, he's doing pretty well out there. I'm not complaining. I'm just I'm just saying. But you go through this list and then then it, you you hear the news. The Green Bay Packers have signed Preston Smith, and you're thinking, why though? <laughs> That's I mean, it works out, right? Same with Kenny Clark. Like, why would you do that? Well, because it's a great pick, apparently. But we just, before we go and throw either ourselves or our TV out of our living room window, just remember that all the assumptions we had coming into free agency were probably wrong. All the people that we assume, all you have to do is sign them the biggest check in NFL history, and it's going to fix all of our problems. Just sign Odell Beckham, trade for Le'Veon Bell. Maybe we should get Teddy Bridgewater. Whatever kind of crazy thing that is brewing up in your brain that is going to be the one signing that's going to fix everything, just remember you're wrong. One guy in free agency isn't going to fix everything. It could help a lot, Zadarius Smith. But again, that, that more or less proves my point. As much as you can say, oh, really, free agency doesn't help? What about Zadarius? Right. And how many people thought Zadarius was the answer to anything? Zero people. Brian Gutekunst was like the one guy. And he had to pay him a ridiculous amount of money because the the Baltimore Ravens also probably knew this guy's a freak and we're going to pay him a ton of money. But fortunately, we had a little insight into the Baltimore Ravens. We realized this guy was just an absolute monster and we were willing to pay him like a top edge rusher because that's what he is. But nobody knew that. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. I didn't hear Zadarius Smith's name once. The only time I heard about Adrian Amos was when I said I wanted him. Billy Turner, granted, wasn't a great pickup. But nobody talked about Billy Turner. Nobody expected Billy Turner. The Packers signed four big-name free agents, and hardly anybody expected us to sign any of those guys. Maybe Amos. He was the one guy on my list, but there was about eight safeties on that list. So 
remember, the goal isn't for the Packers to go crazy. What we want is for everybody else to go crazy, tie up all their money, because that's a big part of winning and losing football, is managing a salary cap. And when certain teams don't know how to do that, and they make a bunch of mistakes, Bears and Vikings, it hinders their ability. I don't care how good their players are or how good their coach is. It, you're now hindered in your ability to win. And so the goal isn't to go crazy. The goal isn't to get the biggest name or to sign the biggest contract. The goal is to be the smartest team. Right? Think about the Patriots. They didn't usually go big. And if they ever went big name, they didn't sign big money. They only went big name when everybody else said, I don't want them. Right? You get somewhat of a, a head case and everyone's like, I'm not touching them. And the Patriots are like, all right, so let me get this straight. The market is bottomed out. You can't find a team that wants you. And if I pay you maybe half of what you want, you're you're going to take it, right? All right, let's do this. But otherwise, you know, they're signing third-string running backs to come in and just dominate for them. They do smart things, not big things. They do big things when they win Super Bowls. They don't do big things in free agency. Remember, win Super Bowls, not free agency, all right? But another big name that, and I've been referencing this a couple different times, but apparently the Darius Slay um, trade slash cut and sign thing is very real. Now, uh, I, I I didn't, this is so weird, because I remember thinking, it's kind of weird that Detroit Lions want to get rid of Slay. However, he's kind of definitely fallen off. I think he's always been a little bit overrated. Apparently, the Lions are the ones that are massively overrating Darius Slay. And Darius Slay is overrating Darius Slay. He's he's fine. He's he's great. He's good. I don't I don't care. Granted, he's not really a hindrance to us. Devontae Adams eats his lunch every single time we go over there, so it's not a big deal. But apparently the Detroit Lions last year were trying to get Jalen Ramsey compensation for Darius Slay. They had suitors. They had teams lined up like, dude, I want him and I'm gonna pay for him. And they're like, Alright, it's gonna cost you two first round picks and then some. Ex- excuse me? Darius Slay? Just so we're clear here, Darius Slay, who again, I know he fell off and I'm sure he's going to bounce back and he's not this bad, but just to be clear, Darius Slay out of 104 cornerbacks ranked 97th. He was the 7th worst corner in all of football. But even if that's a one-off, we're talking about a, a, a number one corner. Last year he was 23rd. That's good. That's, that's fine. Who wouldn't want that kind of production? But you're trying to get two first-round picks and then some, possibly even more than that, for a 29-year-old cornerback when he just had a down year in which he's one of the worst corners in football. That's what you're trying to do. Beyond that, Darius Slay and his camp are also looking to get compensated as the new highest-paid corner in football. Now, granted, if he were to get cut and hit the open market, which I'm sure the the Lions are going to try to get compensation, but their asking price is is dumb and nobody's going to take their offer. So if that doesn't work out, and even if it it does, Slay wants to play under a massive contract. He wants to get paid around $18 million. The bottom line, this whole thing is, is, is warped. I don't know if the Lions just are confused... Maybe they've been propping up Slay. I, I, don't, I don't know. And I understand there's a lot of hype about Darius Slay. He's one of the best. He's a shutdown corner, which is not true. He's always been good. He's never been elite. So the, the frustrating thing is, we're about to get Darius Slay the heck out of here. But the Lions and Darius Slay himself having no idea what it, the, the actual value of Darius Slay is. It's such a Lions thing, isn't it? Like, they're, they're so deluded. <laughs> Like, dude, you're bad. You know you're bad, right? I mean, do you get that you're bad? We're not bad. 
Stafford's top ten quarterback. Kenny Galladay, underrated. Everybody's freaking out about free agency. They were one of the first teams to make a big splash, and they made one of the biggest splashes of anybody. When they went out and signed Trey Flowers, nobody cared. (laughs) Nobody cared. It really was a big signing. I thought it was a really good signing. But they go out, they get Trey Flowers. He gets seven sacks. Ho-hum. Nobody cares. Darius Slay, and they come out there like, guess what, everybody? We're going to trade Slay. Get in line. Two teams show up. Literally two teams are interested. They're like, all right, whatever. Guess what? Two firsts. And they walked out the door. Like, you guys are drunk. What What? What are you thinking? So at the end of the day, they're going to end up sticking with Slay because they think he's better than he is. He's going to stay there. Then they're going to draft Jeff Okuda, and they're going to have a very good cornerback group, and I'm going to be very sad because I just want him to get rid of the guy. I don't want him to have good corners. Matt Stafford actually played really well last year when he wasn't hurt, so he's going to come back. Galladay's going to be there. You're going to have Slay and Okuda. I don't want this to be a good team. I just want them to be able to do dumb stuff. The, the problem is, getting rid of Slay is dumb, but they can't get rid of him because they're too dumb. Imagine that. They can't, they, they, they're so dumb, they can't even do the dumb stuff that they want to do. They're too dumb to even execute on the dumbness. Come on now. Drop the price and trade the man. What, what, I mean, what are we worried about? They're going to get a little bit extra money and dip into free agency? Oh no, what are they going to do? They don't know what to do with that money. They're taking desperation swings because they got a GM and a head coach that's about to get fired. They're going to massively overpay for, you know, another edge rusher or some crazy thing because they're going to go all in, and then they're going to get fired, and then they're going to hire a bunch of new people who are going to come in and get stuck with these garbage contracts because the last organi- the last people in the organization completely bankrupted them trying to save their own jobs, which is great news. I just wish they were able to execute, and unfortunately, they're too incompetent to even execute on this horrible strategy that's going to ruin the franchise. Such a shame. I don't usually take swings at the Lions, but, you know, it's kind of like having a little brother who never really does anything, and he's the weaker, smaller little brother, so you don't really pick on him. But now he's 28, and he's still living at home playing video games all day, and it's like, dude, I'm just going to smack you. Get up! You're so lazy. That's the Lions. You know, we got rivalries with the other brothers. Trying to make more money, trying to lift heavier weights, right? It's It's a real competition with these guys. Little brother, though, he just... He stinks. He doesn't shower much, you know? Dude, change your pants. And then your Vikings brother comes in and is like, dude, leave him alone. He's like, no, no, I've, I'm, I'm tired of this. I've had enough. He needs a man up. It is, I mean, it is annoying. As much as it's great that, that they just have no ability to compete, and it's good for the Packers that that happened, you just get tired of franchises like the Browns and the Bengals and the Lions that just are so incompetent. It's like, come on, man. It's not an accident that you're this bad for this long. It's never an accident. Anyways, we got to quickly take a break and look at some other stuff because I'm just on an absolute rampage ranting about everything. And uh, we'll see what we can get to, but let's take a break. If you want to escape the frozen slush nightmare outside, maybe it's time for you to follow your favorite baseball team to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, incredible food. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. 10 stadiums, 15 teams, 75-degree weather. Mm-mm. You can check out some amazing restaurants and bars nearby, including tons of craft breweries like Four Peaks, Angel's Trumpet, Ale House, and Goldwater Brewing Company. You can enjoy live music from local artists, explore their museums, everything from the native heritage to the modern art to musical instruments from around the world. You can even bring the kids along if, if you're into that kind of stuff. 
It's a fantastic destination for families, family-friendly resorts and hotels, with plenty of fun for kids of all ages. we got water parks, horseback rides, games, all kinds of activities. Fun-tivities, in fact. So make sure you plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. And I know what you're thinking. I can't do it. Live in a bad neighborhood. Neighbors are just watching all the time. Every time I even go to work, they're radioing to their buddies like, dude, we got some time. And then they get in your house, have a bunch of rompous parties. I know I know what's going on, but don't worry about it. I got the solution. Rather than booby-trapping your house like Home Alone, maybe you should check out Simply Safe. Because if there's a break-in or a dance-in or whatever they're doing, Simply Safe is going to use real video evidence to give the police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. Because rather than just, you know, I don't know, there's an alarm, go check it out, and this is the fourth one today and there's nothing there, they're watching as these hooligans are eating all your Cheetos, literally smashing them into your carpet because they're just rude. And so the police are there like that, man. I don't know if you could hear that, but I snapped like a, with authority. You're going to get comprehensive protection for your entire home, outdoor cameras, and the doorbell will alert you to anyone even approaching your home, while entry, motion, and glass break sensors are going to guard the inside. Plus, Simply Safe is going to protect your home from fires, water damage, carbon monoxide poisoning. Is 24/7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set it up yourself. You can have Simply Safe come out and do it. It's only 50 cents a day, no contract. So visit simplysafe.com/overtime. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com/overtime so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com/overtime. And we are about to go over time if I don't speed up. All right, so, so let's just look at the positions that we know the Packers are not going to take. Let's, let's just go down the line. Quarterback. Is it impossible that they take a quarterback? No. Now, I will say this. I think it's impossible that a quarterback worthy of taking in the first round falls to 30 because there are a lot of quarterback-hungry teams. However, there's a lot of quarterbacks in free agency. Who's to say a lot of these don't get satisfied? So, it's again, it's unlikely a quarterback makes it, but if a quarterback does, would they pull the trigger? The answer is yes, because they've already answered the question is that it's yeah. That's been a, a I'm, I'm sure most teams are that way, but the Green Bay Packers specifically have got a standing policy that says if a, if a great quarterback falls, you take him, right? You just, you always take a great quarterback, no matter what. So, of course. How about running back? Can we rule it out? I would say it's unlikely... I don't know that it's impossible, but I would say it's close enough to impossible that I would say it's fairly impossible. However, again, I think the way that the board is going to work out, I think there are running backs that are talented enough to be first-round prospects. So it's entirely possible that that the Packers have got a guy that maybe they see him as like the 12th best player in the entire draft. He's there at 30. Do you really not take him? I don't know. My assumption is they, they would because that's the strictest interpretation of what you're supposed to do. But maybe the Packers look at it and just say, ah, whatever. But again, remember, we got some big contracts coming up. There's a very real possibility that Aaron Jones is going to be looking for a $14, $15 million contract, and the Packers are not going to pay it, and then what? Now you're going to be looking at it saying, dude, we had this great running back sitting there, and we didn't take him, and we knew this contract. Why wouldn't we just take him? So I don't think it's impossible. I would say it's unlikely. Fullback, yes, that's impossible. They're not taking a fullback in the first round because that's just not how that works. Wide receiver, of course they could take a wide receiver. Tight end, of course it's possible. We don't usually see them take tight ends, and I don't think there's a lot of tight ends that are worth a number 30 overall pick, but if the Packers like a guy that much, 
you know, if they like Cole Komet or, or whoever, and he's top of their board and they really want to go get him, I think they would. You look at some of the most dominant teams in football, they've got some really good tight ends. There's no, I mean, I mentioned it a couple days ago. You look at the best tight ends in football, and those teams are automatically, everybody's scared of those guys. It doesn't matter if you go back to Greg Olson, since forever, you get a really good tight end, and that is the most terrified a team is going to be. We've had teams that don't have anything but a tight end, and they're pretty dominant. The Eagles, back when it was uh, Wentz and uh, Zach Ertz, they didn't have wide receivers. Didn't matter, though. Ertz was terrifying the whole league. So tight end's an option. Tackle is definitely an option. I would say anyone along the interior is definitely an option. I don't think that's going to happen because of value and all that stuff. But if it is the highest, of course. A guard slash center, of course they could take one. And if they do, all the we-need-to-keep-Corey-Lindsley folks should probably start sweating a little bit. As much as we would all like to move on from Billy Turner after a year, I don't think that's going to happen. But maybe. Either way, you would anticipate he's going to be gone sooner than later. He's not probably not going to live out the full length of this contract if he keeps playing the way he's playing which is part of the reason why interior makes sense. Again, remember, when you're drafting, you're not just looking at 2020. This is not the last year that the Packers are going to be playing football. You're looking at the future as well. How much trouble are we in next year? Actually, that would be a decent topic to uh, explore. Did I miss anything on offense? I don't think so. Defensive tackle, definitely an option. Edge rusher, I would say it's extremely unlikely. I can't 100% say it's impossible, but I would say it's very, very unlikely, especially since the talent is so thin. And there's teams that are going to be desperate and that are going to overpay for it. I just don't think the Packers are going to do that. So probably not edge rusher. Corner. Unlikely, but entirely possible. If the top guy on their board is a corner, I don't think there's any way they don't do it. Again, especially since we got big contracts coming up. Kevin King's got a big contract. I know they like Kevin King. This isn't an anti-Kevin King thing. It's a question of how much money do you want to pay that man? Especially when you know you're going to have to pay Jair in a couple years. These guys get expensive. And Jair's already relatively expensive as a first-round pick. I mean, he's not getting $18 million a year, but you know, you pay King and you pay Rodgers and you pay all these guys, it gets expensive. This is, this is, by the way, the reason the draft is so important. Because you not only can you not just go out in free agency, you can't just pay everybody on your own team. That's what the Vikings are trying to do, and you just you can't do it. You can't pay to retain everybody because everybody wants that big boy contract. And you can't grant everybody their big boy contract. You've got to replace some of them. So corner is not impossible. It's definitely one that if we drafted a corner, everybody would flip out and this Gutekunst should be fired and all that stuff, but it's not impossible. How about safety? Definitely possible. Well, we already got two safeties. Yeah, but we play with three. So, yes, it's possible. Well, what about Raven Green? He's a freak. Okay, well, he's he's fine. Freak is pushing it a bit. So, I mean, in my opinion, of course there are positions that make more sense than others. And I, I didn't even mention linebacker. Yes, linebacker. But I think it's a good idea to kind of brace for a little bit of these things and and start getting excited get excited about corner get excited about safeties go out and make your lists and not just linebacker lists and wide receiver lists go make a list of defensive tackles make a list of safeties start getting excited because the Packers are going to take them and even if they do get a a wide receiver or a linebacker in the first round or whatever it's it's still going to help you in the second round right so it's not just first round and then after that is like I don't know I don't I don't know who these people are but we definitely need to brace for that. If you've been paying attention for any period of time, you know that that's how the Packers operate. They're going to take some... And if they do take the position that you want, it's not the guy that you want. It's, it's going to be Rashawn Gary all over again. Right? They take an, If somebody told you they're taking an edge rusher, it's like, Brian Burns coming home, baby! And then they announce Rashawn Gary. It's like, why? Why did you do that? 
Again, not trashing Rashawn. I'm excited about his potential. I'm just being honest about how my feel. Well, he blocks me anyways on Twitter. What's the po- what? You know, I might as well throw a couple jabs at the guy. If he's gonna block me, I gotta give him a reason. Sitting here doing nothing but being nice to the guy, and he blocks me. Forget you, Rashawn. But really, it's the same message with free agency and the draft. Try to get excited about as many people as possible because the Packers are going to do exactly what you think they're not going to do. They might go out and get a wide receiver, but it's not going to be the guy that we want. And remember, that doesn't mean that he's bad because if you think he's bad, it's just because we come in with these assumptions. If we sign these guys, we're going to be Super Bowl champions. If we sign anybody else, we're going to be garbage. We signed Zadarius and Preston, and it's like, why did you do that? And then draft Rashawn Gary. It's like, dude, we could have had D. Ford or Justin Houston or Trey Flowers and then drafted Brian Burns. But no, you got to get Preston and Zadarius and Rashawn. And, and at the end of the day, we were just wrong. I mean, jury's still out on, on, to be honest, on Rashawn and Preston because Preston was hot at the beginning of the year and second half of the year was a different story. But still, Zadarius, probably one of the best, if not the best, free agency pickups of anybody. So get excited about a lot of stuff because they're just going to disappoint you if you just want one or two guys. All right, basically out of time, so we'll have to push a few of these back. Some rapid fire. Ben says, is there any way Chase Young falls to the Lions? Very, 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 very unlikely, but yes is the answer. It's very simple. The the Cincinnati Bengals are taking a quarterback. They're taking uh, Joe Burrow. The Lions are at three, so really the only thing is we need a a team, not necessarily Washington, but a team to take a, a different player than Chase Young. The only possible way in my mind that I see this happening is if, number one, Washington isn't 1,000% sold on Chase Young, which I'm hearing is is kind of true to some degree. Maybe not necessarily Washington. The feeling is that they really like Chase. They're going to take Chase. But if they're not 1,000% sold and a team is willing to give the world for that number two spot, which seems unlikely because the Lions would probably be willing to trade back, but... Who knows? Maybe a team like the the Chargers doesn't want to wait for the the Miami Dolphins to just pluck them out of the air. They want to go get Tua, so they're giving up a massive package to move up to two and get them. Again, very unlikely, but it, it, that would be the only way is if somebody is willing to pay a ton. And maybe it's the Miami Dolphins. Again, I don't think they would have to, but if they're willing to package up a massive package to go up to number two to get them, suddenly the Lions are on the board and Chase Young is there, and then guess what happened? the Lions get Chase Young, and we all weep. Very unlikely it happens, but that would be the scenario. And then very quickly, I, I just want to quickly go through this a sobering view at the Packers salary cap. Current cap, $23 million, That's an estimate. Right off the bat, extending Kenny Clark, $14 million. I don't know what that number even means. It's going to cost us $14 million this year? First of all, the $23 million cap includes seven point something going to Kenny Clark already. If he's going to cost us an additional $14 million, that means we're paying him $21 million against the cap this year. In what universe do we give him an $18 million extension and we take a $21 million cap hit this year for him? That never is going to happen. And if we're talking about a $14 million cap, which maybe they are, then that's $7 million that we're losing. But even that, I don't buy it. I don't think he gets 14 of 18. Again, Zadarius Smith got a $16.5 million average contract. We paid him 7.2 in his first year. So maybe Kenny's getting what? I, I, I went through the numbers already. I don't know. But again, it is not going to be $14 million, And I don't think it's going to be 7 Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't think so. Signed Brian Balaga, $10 million. Again, that has nothing to do with the actual amount of money. If he's getting a $10 million a year contract, 
we're going to pay him maybe $3 million this year. Maybe $4 million, I don't know. Signing the Packers draft picks, that's going to cost about $7 million. So the draft picks and Jimmy Graham, let's say they wash out. Because we're going to save 8 with Jimmy. It's going to cost less than that. So between the two, we're actually coming out a little bit ahead. If we release Taylor, that's another 4 So that would put us roughly, after we sign draft picks, release Graham and Taylor, if that were to happen, we're sitting at $27-ish million dollars. Even if we pay an additional seven to Kenny Clark, that drops us down to about 20. Take four away for Brian Balaga, that drops us to 16, worst case scenario. And then it says tender five ERFAs. I don't I don't know what that money would be. But the bottom line is having only three million, and I understand adjusted cap 13 million, spendable cap three because you want to save roughly 10. And they're not really showing their work, so it, it depends how you structure the contracts. But there, there's so many variables. Again, we can't do a ton. We don't have $80 million like some of these teams have but the notion that we only have three million dollars to spend i don't believe that to be true also you got to remember signing those picks at seven some million dollars whatever you also have to remember that there's only 51 people getting paid some of these guys are going to fall under that so some of that money isn't even going to be paid out because you're only paying the top 51 so some of that money is also going to be washed away and just zeroed out and for everybody that you do sign say you know we got this first round draft pick the number 30 pick is going to cost two point, roughly $2.2 million to sign him in that first year. But you got to subtract about a half a million off of that. We call it $600,000. Because when you bring him in, you drop somebody else below that 51. And so you subtract what they're getting paid, which is going to be roughly 600000 So you take 2.2 minus 6, 0.6, whatever. It ends up being closer to 1.5. So I'm not entirely disagreeing that the Packers have got to be smart with their money. But I just, I just don't agree with the $3 million for several reasons. And it, it, we're, we're going to get some answers. Maybe, maybe they are going to sign these contracts so that the Packers don't have money. But they've already said they've got money to, to spend. Brian Gutekunst has already come out and said that they plan on doing something. They said they're not going to have as much freedom, but we feel that we still have enough to go out and do some stuff. Which is, I think, exactly the correct. That, that's, that's what I am seeing. And that's what Gutekunst believes they can do. Now, maybe they're foreshadowing that they're moving on from Balaga. Maybe that's where that's coming from. I don't know. I think that's a nightmare. Somebody in the comments was saying we're romanticizing Balaga. No, we've just seen what happens when Balaga goes down. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers get sack after sack after sack, and we lose the game. We saw Brian Balaga go up against guys like Khalil Mack and not allow a single sack. And go up against several guys like Khalil Mack this entire year and give up nothing. He went up against tougher competition than Brian Balaga, and I think he did a better job. Brian Balaga is legit, and he plays one of the most important positions in all of football. The whole left tackle, right tackle thing is a thing of the past. Pass rushers, elite pass rushers, line up on both sides these days. Some of them exclusively, Von Miller, Khalil Mack, more often than not, they're going up against your right tackle. But I don't, I don't know. A lot of these questions will be answered for us, and we'll get a little bit more clarity. All I'm saying is, you know, do take a little bit of... Understand a little bit that you can't go out and sign everybody. Some people get so excited about these big money guys, we can't pay them. However, we do have some money, and they are going to do something. And I don't know how, we'll find out shortly. Also remember what I talked about, it's entirely possible they extend other players. A David Bakhtiari extension could free up a lot of money. There are guys who are due contracts next year that are in line for extensions. Not just Kenny Clark. If they extend David Bakhtiari, that could free up another $7 million or so. I'm just making that number up, but it could. And again, I've already gone through all that. But anyways, i got to get myself going here. Turns out I still do have a job, so that stinks. Speaking of, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. I want to support the podcast. 
But anyways, you folks have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one, and bye bye